When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! <laughs> what would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. <laughs> be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with It's the Interview Series, presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, thanks as always for making your way here, checking out the series. Uh, Please do hit that subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that I put out every single week. Uh, In fact, a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to keep you up to date on your favorite artists and discover some new ones as well. At uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcast from, subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. That's me, I'm Kyle Meredith, today talking with Mandy Moore. We're going to be uh, getting into her new record, In Real Life. It's uh, kind of a quick follow-up to her 2020 comeback LP, Silver Landings. Finds her once again teaming with husband uh, Taylor Goldsmith of Dawes, somebody that's been on this series uh, quite a few times, uh, to document the big change in their lives of becoming parents. Uh, the actress, musician, going to be discussing how uh, how motherhood is represented in the songs, the various sounds and genres that populate the records, and sharing a duet uh, with Taylor as well. Uh, we're also going to talk about her work as Rebecca in This Is Us um, and and how that finds its way into the lyrics, saying goodbye to that character with the finale of the series just happening, and which version of Rebecca she enjoyed playing the most. Uh, you know, of course, if you're a, if you're not a watcher of This Is Us, uh, she plays uh, the young version in the past and a very elderly version, uh, sort of simultaneously back and forth in just about every episode. So we get to kind of dive into that as well. Uh, Mandy's also going to give us a look into her first tour in 15 years. That's about to happen. And how she'll be representing a few of her early pop hits in this updated sound and set list. So let's do it. Discussing in real life, it's Kyle Meredith with Mandy Moore. Thanks for having me. Well, let me say how much I'm enjoying the uh, the record in real life. What a fantastic, like, uh, I, I, and we kind of got chapter two started just a couple years ago with Silver Linings, <laughs> and, now you're, and now here we are again. But seriously, this is some of the best music uh, I think of, of your career so far. Just congratulations. Thank you. That's very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess, comparatively speaking, it, it does come quick after the record that came out just a, a, a couple years ago. What's different about Chapter Two? I imagine there are some big differences. That, you know, now that you've got your real start going here. Yeah, I mean, I 
somehow was able to start a career at 15 years old back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when pop music was reigning supreme. And, you know, that kind of uh, trajectory sort of set me in one path and kind of led to other opportunities opening up for me. Obviously, I, I was really interested in acting. And so my career sort of took a bit of a turn in that direction. And music has always kind of maintained this position in my life of being the thing I'm, I'm most passionate about. But I guess because I never found the same degree of success with it as I, I did with the acting side. It kind of, in a great way, felt like the stakes were never as high. It felt like I had the ultimate freedom to continue making the kind of music I wanted to make. And, you know, slowly but surely I took baby steps to get there and, um, you know, started writing my own music and switched record labels and fell in love and was inspired by all kinds of incredible artists that continue to inspire me to this day. And I think meeting a lot of musicians here in Los Angeles and becoming friends and feeling a part of like a, a music community here, all of it sort of was leading to the kinds of records that I, I'm making now. And yes, it's definitely feels like a chapter two or chapter three, or I don't even know what chapter <laughs> I've been starting out at 15 and I'm 38 years old now. It's It, it feels like a, a lot of life lived under my belt, but yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible to still have the opportunity to have a career and to do what I love. And again, like feel very much in control of the narrative and very much in control of the, what I'm outputting in the world, because there isn't really that expectation from a record label or even from an audience, quite frankly, which is totally fine with me. It's like, I'm able to sit at home and write the kind of music that I want to write. And then just, you know, cross my fingers that people are somewhat interested in hearing it. I mean, that's the dream right there. I think that's the yeah. dream everybody kind of shoots for. That's, you know, totally. and, and, you know, that you've got it there. So, so you, you talk about that controlling the narrative and I know what we're talking about is career wise, but, you know, kind of shifting into this album within real life. Um, there is a narrative that runs through it. And so what is the story that this record wanted to tell? Yeah, well, so Silver Landings was the first bit of music that I put out in over a decade. I came out in March of 2020, just before the world shut down and we were about to go on tour and the whole thing. And so I, I feel like making this record or what became this record was sort of a direct response to that was the, we were sitting at home, my husband, Taylor Goldsmith and I, he's in a band called Dawes and we wrote all of Silver Landings together and then wrote all of this record subsequently together as well. And we were sitting at home confused and fearful like the rest of the world at what was unfolding and not knowing what was going to continue unfolding. And music sort of became this, this lifeline for us. And, uh, you know, we started doing Instagram lives as I think everybody at that point in the pandemic was just, mm -hmm. just to play music. Cause it's like, well, we were supposed to be on the road. Let's do this. And I think that kind of opened up the creative process for us and music really became something we could lean on together to sort of process our feelings about what was happening. And, and then, you know, pretty shortly thereafter, I found out that I was pregnant with our first child and, 
so there was a lot to process there as well about this this next chapter and impending parenthood and what that would mean and we were excited and also fearful i mean it, it was just like this like cacophony of of emotions and and decided to yeah really lean into the music and started slowly widening the circle to include you know close friends of ours and sitting outside and you know doing the sort of distanced writing and it it was not something I ever put pressure on myself to like make a, another record so quickly, but it also just happened. It was, you know, um, it's just a product of being at home and being together and sharing this, this passion that we both have. And um, yeah, so the record really touches on a lot of that of, of for me, just becoming a mom and what that was going to mean and reflecting back on my own childhood and my deep appreciation for my parents and my appreciation for my husband. And uh, I think all of that is sort of colored into the album. I, I should say too, I, I've known Taylor for um, over 10 years now, I guess. Oh, wow. uh, when North Hills came out, he's been on my show many, many times. I've uh, oh. so enjoyed, seriously, when, when it was made public that you guys were, you know, a thing and, and you were, you know, showing us the parts of your life that you decide to show us on online. It was like, oh, this couldn't be more perfect. This is oh. just great. I, I loved. And when I would bump into him, he would always have the biggest. I mean, he always had a big smile on his face anyway, but especially when I'd be like, so how's, you know, life? And oh, man, the smile was huge. Ah. It was just, yeah, fantastic. Oh, well, I have a big smile on my face now. So thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I, I love that, you know, how you tell the story of this record through those stories, too. There is a there is a line you might have used in a press release or something, but future tripping on your impending motherhood, which is just a fantastic phrase in itself right there. But <laughs> but that's that's such an interesting um, exercise, I guess, because you could sort of grade yourself afterwards as as the years collect too right yeah. I mean if, if a lot of these are from starting at least from the point of view of what's it going to be like sure what does that look like now you know yeah I mean so much has proven true just the cliches that everyone talks about of life going from black and white to technicolor and just that like unending immediacy in terms of the the love and the joy and it's just euphoric and everything changes on a cellular level. So some of those things have really proven to be true. And I don't know, I'm interested to see, yeah, as the years go on, how that changes and how my relationship to this like particular, very specific moment in time changes too. I can see when I became a dad, my son's almost 15 now, but uh, <laughs> you know, that when you draw the line from your childhood to your, your, your child's childhood yeah. and and they say you get to sort of relive your own too, but it, it, it kind of puts, I don't know if it did for you, it, it put mine in a different perspective almost when I was able to look back sort of through his eyes, if that makes sense. Yes, have you had that, have you had that uh, experience? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm already starting to, our, our son is only 15 months old, but still absolutely. You can't help, but reflect back on your own life through his eyes. And yeah, just all of the exciting chapters, like the seemingly most simple things in a day are so fun through his experience, like mm -hmm. getting up this morning and going to the grocery store, like the three of us is so silly, but 
in a way it's like, we, I love the routine of like putting him in, like he's big enough to put in the grocery store cart now, which again, sounds ridiculous. But like, mm-hmm. you know, when we first went, it's like, I was wearing him and walking through the store. And now it's like, it just slowly life just continues to unfold. And the coolest way is he becomes more and more cognizant and aware of the world around him. And it's just, yeah, it's it the best it's the best it really is that that whole new color that you didn't know that you couldn't see beforehand mm. really just starts to pop oh yeah oh yeah instantly well so so back into the record and, and into these songs um god i could throw a dart at any one of these and it would be one of my favorites uh brand new nowhere i mean it's such a fun beat to it i get like a bit of a nielsen vibe uh Yay. you know going with the piano there and uh, I, I love little dreams I, I should ask you musically too you know because there's there are lots of different styles all over this record yeah uh, were you were you trying to direct yourself towards towards any you know kind of a thread as far as the sound went not really so mike viola who produced my last two records actually produced this one as well and he wrote all the songs with taylor and i and he's one of our best friends mm-hmm. and um we went back into the studio into united here in los angeles and pretty much assembled the same band my brother-in-law, Griffin Goldsmith on drums, um, who's a drummer for Dawes as well, and Lee Pardini, who's a keyboard player for Dawes, like um, uh, Davey Farragher on bass. We, we basically kind of just assembled, in my estimation, like a dream team of musicians. <laughs> and all of the songs were already written and we just wanted to find the, the arrangements live on the floor with the band. So songs took on different iterations. We did different versions of songs, um, but it's fun to kind of come in um, in the morning and say like, okay, here's the song on acoustic guitar. Here's how Mike and Taylor and I wrote it. Let's figure it out together. Let's figure out what the tempo is. Let's figure out if it's keyboard driven. Let's figure it like, that to me is just like the magic puzzle piecing together that making a record really should be like I again went in with not like a ton of expectation in terms of like the sonics of what things were going to necessarily sound like I I trust Mike wholeheartedly but I also trust this band and like the fact that we're able to find it live on the floor as a collective is just there's something about that energy that really can't be duplicated. And I guess I harp on that because growing up and making music and starting out making records the way I did, which was fine too, but like, you know, as a pop artist back in the day, at least, I don't know how it works now. But like the song, you, someone finds the song for you, mm-hmm. like an A&R person identifies like, this is a quote unquote hit song. And this is, she's going to go in the studio and sing this. And you get sent this demo by this like incredible demo singer. And then you literally pop in the studio and it's like the track is already done. Like your voice just sort of sits on top of all of the instrumentation. So there's not a ton of like, character to bring to anything there's not a ton of deviations it's like it's set in stone you just it's like karaoke almost Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is again fine but I think you know going from that to the way that I'm able to make music now just it's it's not even apples to oranges it's like apples to a fruit that hasn't even been discovered (laughs) it's so different and I I really relish that that time in the studio and it's so inspiring being around really proficient musicians too like I just love I love just being in their presence and watching these songs kind of come to life you reminded me the uh 
Dixie Chicks documentary that came out uh, some years ago. They were they were hanging out with Chad Smith from the Chili Peppers, and he said, "How do you write songs?" He said, "We just jam them out until we figure out that they're a song, and they just seem so otherworldly, you know, to where the world they were coming from that you're talking about." But yes. Yeah, but shout out to uh, Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Uh, I, I live in Kentucky, in the Midwest, and allergies, yeah, I suffer. When I say I suffer from allergies, I suffer from allergies. And around here, everyone I know deals with allergies to some degree. And for a long time, I thought it was just something that I would have to live with, which is a real problem um, for anything, but especially when you're a radio host. It affects my voice, it affects my mood, it affects everything. And I feel like I've tried every, I've tried all the medicines. Some of them work better than others, but there's there's never a perfect one out there, especially because some of them take forever to actually work and some of them don't work at all. And then there's Astapro, the fastest solution to nasal allergy symptoms. It's what I use now, and it's definitely changed my life. Astapro is the first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Uh, Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. With all the pollen in the air, with all the dust around the the corners of the house, uh, even with uh, the allergies I have from my dog, Astapro has been the nasal spray that has helped me with all of my allergies. And it can help you too. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. That's A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you mentioned guests, and I saw Sebastian Steinberg, I think, is yeah. on your record. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, Sebastian's Wanda. actually coming on the road with us, too. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah, Gee. I know. Yeah, that's one of the greatest bass players uh, just of all time. Um, I agree. What he does. And, yeah. and Lucius, too. We love them. We just had them in the over here in Louisville uh, last week. They were here, too. So, yeah. I love those girls. Oh, they're amazing. And I, and I want to say, you know, with Taylor it's hard for me not to hear some of these songs and every now and then you guys will hit a note and I went, that was a doll's note right there. That's, <laughs> is, I don't think he can get away with that. Get away yeah, from he, that rather. He can't really help himself. He is who he is. So yeah, that's going to infiltrate the writing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when you all do a song like living in the in-between, which is so fun. Um, yeah. Do you all approach that differently? Like, okay, this is going to be the both of us. I mean, kind of in a way that was actually, I think the first song written on the record with Mike, 
And it just feels like, again, a very specific time, early, early days of the pandemic. And it was just our weird exercise in writing a song that like clearly wasn't about me, wasn't about any of us, wasn't about our life. But I don't know, it just sort of like, as we started writing it and it unfolded, it was like, oh, this is certainly a call and response song. Like, this isn't me just singing every line um, to myself. This is like, you guys are singing it with me. It's got, I don't know, like an REM vibe or something. It just, it was really fun and weird and different. And um, I'm glad it made it on the record. Cause I just, I think it's a totally different flavor than anything I've, I've ever written or, or performed before. Yeah. I know you can't see it, but over my shoulder is like four REM posters. So you just oh. hit the drums eye for me right there. That's uh... yep. got it. <laughs> that was perfect. You know, you're talking about, especially comparing it to the, uh, to the early pop world for you and not being able to inject character. You know, I, I hope you don't mind kind of mixing the career conversations here, yeah. but, uh, but do you find that you allow, do you ever allow for that world to infiltrate your songwriting world? Or is there a hard line drawn there? Do you, can you take from characters, fictional characters that you play and, and kind of put them into the songs? Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure if I've done a ton of that. Maybe like unconsciously ruminating on motherhood after playing the matriarch of a family for six years. Like, mm -hmm. I think that obviously um, it, it's such a huge part of my life and, and playing a mom and playing the breadth of the story of a mom and a family in the way that I kind of have obviously like, there I'm gonna find the parallels in my life and her life and so yes I think maybe unconsciously some of that made its its way into songwriting and just my way of thinking about motherhood and what family is and um but yeah it's it's funny because I really I feel like I owe so much of feeling ready to get back into music to this is us because very very early on in the first season my my character's backstory and was was musically involved. And so it meant that I had to go into the recording studio and I was around musicians and I recorded this version of the Little Feet Linda Ronstadt song Willen for an mm -hmm. early, early episode of the show. And I was like, whoa, I, I mean, I love, I love Linda Ronstadt. Like, this is so fun to be back and playing with musicians again and, and singing. And then I got to have <laughs> Dawes be my backup band on the actual shoot day. Like, but it really, I think, activated something in me again that I, I thought had just been dormant and would maybe never be a part of my life again. And I was like, I need to figure this out. I miss this. I miss singing. I miss performing live. And I think that that was sort of the impetus for wanting to take baby steps back into figuring out how to how to bring music back into the fold. Well, I'm so happy that happened. So Aww, that's, uh... <laughs> me too. And, and of course, mentioning this is us because here we are in the week of the finale. And that was last week's was one of the most emotionally beautiful send offs I think <sighs> I've ever seen on television. What was it like filming that ending? I mean. Did you, you know, having played Rebecca for so long, did you have a say in, in how you know, we, we were going to put her to bed? No, I didn't. And the, no one wants to hear my opinion anyway. I mean, I could not have fathomed a more beautiful send off for any character. And my goodness, I hope that is what it's like for all of us in the end. Um, I think Dan Fogelman, who is our show creator, mastermind genius, who wrote that episode, 
I, I think it was a real tribute to his mom who he lost very suddenly. I, mm. I think a lot of, I think the show really was in honor of her. And I, I, I just, I don't know that, that analogy of being on a train and going through these, these chapters of your life, like car by car and being greeted by people from your past and in different iterations and different versions and ages and looking and seeing your children when they were, you know, like five and teenagers and, and as adults, like there's the, the symbolism and all of that is so beautiful. It was so challenging to film because simultaneously I'm saying goodbye to this job that has been the greatest job of my life and all of my friends and this family that we've created on set. And I'm saying goodbye to this character and this character is saying goodbye too, quite literally. So it's like to not let my emotions influence the characters because on the train, I think it's quite celebratory is not the word, but I think there's like, there's a real curiosity. There's a real, um, you know, uh, joy, I guess, to, um, being surprised by the people that she meets. I don't think she knows what to expect. She knows where it's all leading and there's, you know, a bit of trepidation and fear in that, but ultimately it's just, yeah, I, I didn't want my emotions to like rule the day. So I really had to work hard to like get the tears out beforehand. So I could, you know, just be in the moment and, and appreciate this beautiful story being told. You leave all the tears for us, as usual. Yeah. It's, uh, well, well I cried my fair amount too. <laughs> well, well that, that being said, I mean, are you ready to say goodbye to Rebecca? I, I don't know if I ever would be, but I know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. So I've like re resigned myself to it. Sure. I, the great thing is for all of us, like, this entertainment lasts forever. It's, you know, the show is something we can all revisit whenever we want. And mm -hmm. I have these beautiful memories for the rest of my life. And I also have the work to look back on. And it's just been like, if you're lucky, if you get to feel this way once in a lifetime, once in a career, and I did, and we did. So I'm, I'm just trying to live in the gratitude of that and um, recognize like, kind of what was said in that episode. Like if something sad wanted to end, it's just because it was really beautiful while it was happening. And I'm mm. grateful that I, I think all of us that were a part of it were really present and really, you know, appreciated it and recognized how special it was while it was happening. So I don't have any regrets of like, oof, I wish I had been more in the moment and I wasn't on autopilot. Like I, I do very much feel like I, I was present for this last six years. Well, it, it made for a just, you know, a beautiful series, a once in a lifetime series. Thank I think, you. Uh, you know, it'll go down as a classic. As you look back now, as you can see the whole thing, do you find that there was an era in the timeline that you most enjoyed exploring? That's tough. Um, you know, I love all the stuff with Milo because it's so effortless with him, like the early Jack and Rebecca days. I mean, quite frankly, anything with him mm -hmm. was so much fun. But I, I I, feel like going through the the age makeup to play the present day version of Rebecca allowed for me to work with 
the rest of the cast, like the majority of the cast. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of often felt like I was living on two different shows, the one with Milo and our younger kids. And then the rest, the other side was like the, the rest of the cast. And they, it was very different energies in both worlds. And I love that, yeah, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to work with Chris and Chrissy and Sterling and Justin and Susan and John Huertas, like had it not been for that makeup process. And I'm so grateful. I, I feel like my whole experience would have been colored differently. So I kind of liked, I, I, I loved it all. I mean, it's again, like that once in a lifetime, when else are you going to play character from like their mid twenties to their <laughs> mid eighties? If someone had told me that, when I was auditioning originally, I would have been like, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm, I am taking myself out of the running. Like I, that's, that's too daunting. That's too taxing. Like, thank goodness. I just auditioned thinking, oh, I'm, you know, a mother who's pregnant with triplets and it's awful. She loses a one of the babies in childbirth and, oh, and then you finish the pilot and you're like, and it's the mom of this family of these. I, I thought like, okay, we'll tell this story linearly. And I had no idea we were going to jump around in time and therefore had no idea that I would be asked to play this, this woman present day, like in her late sixties, just the craziest gift of a lifetime. Right. right. And it must be some kind of emotional roller coaster, I would imagine to here we are in this moment in this week, again, you know, celebrating this entire series as a finale. And then you turn right around and you go on tour for the first time in what? 10 years did I read? 15. I haven't gone on the years. road since 2007. I know I'm like, I really hope it's like riding a bike and <laughs> I won't forget how to, how to do it. Yeah. So how, how are you? I mean, what's the preparation been like? Uh, is it the band from the album uh, that's going to be playing live too? Yeah, it's so it's um the preparation is is just us in you know rehearsal space hashing it out and figuring out what a set list is. So it's Mike Viola and Taylor and Griffin and Sebastian on bass, and uh, this guy Rob on keys. Like it's it's gonna it's a pretty stellar band. I'm very 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 lucky to be touring with these guys. I know that, that like even just the Dawes factor alone this will never happen again because they're always on the road. This just happens to be like a little break for them. <laughs> so I'm taking advantage of this. Like, I don't, we're taking our son with us. So it's going to be like a fun family vacation. <laughs> Hopefully it's not crazy, but I'm just, yeah, I'm excited to like finally fulfill this thing that I've been thinking about for years and years now. Yeah. Is, are you representing the whole catalog? Are, are you, have you found out a way to incorporate I mean, those early songs? Let's be honest. I'm not sure anyone wants to represent the whole catalog. <laughs> like there's some songs we should definitely not revisit. So those are, those are not being <laughs> taken into consideration. I mean, we will do candy and I want to be with you. Like some stuff in the past that's more notable and that people would be excited to hear and, that to me, it's sort of like, I, I didn't write those songs, but I think they're good pop songs. And mm -hmm. when you have an incredible group of musicians playing them, like anything will sound good. As, you know, what, what a parallel between, uh, you know, looking at your life like that in, in both ways on This Is Us and, and This Is The Tour too, or, and This Is The Tour, sure. This is uh, the tour. <laughs> this, is, this Is Us, This Is The Tour. <laughs> um, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say that uh, you mentioned coverage. Uh, I loved your covers of Senses Working Overtime and The Hole of the Moon. I mean, two great Thank songs. So if that stuff makes it in there, yeah. Oh, yeah boing, like, that's what we I'm We got to bring the Water Boys into the set list. Absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll see. That's such a classic song. I love it so much. 
Mandy, congratulations on In Real Life. Uh, it's such a fantastic record. I've loved seeing your career and the way it's it's gone through. And and again, with This Is Us and, and just everything, uh, congrats. And thanks so much for taking the time to talk about it today. This has really been fun for me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is great. Yeah. And uh, and please do tell uh, Taylor I said hi. I haven't seen him in a little bit, obviously, I but uh, excited to again. I definitely will. I definitely will. <laughs> All right. Take care. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. My thanks to Mandy Moore. Again, the new album is called In Real Life. Big thanks to you as well for checking out the uh, the series and the episode. Uh, hit that subscribe button before you get out of here so you can keep up with all the interviews. Again, that we put out three brand new interviews every single week. and doing every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts, at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. An hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me in the uh, social media spots. Uh, mostly Twitter, occasionally Facebook and Instagram. All three of them at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Let's do it. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.